One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. Another edition of the Work-Life Balance. I am trying to keep my own work-life balance in, in a midway through travel, but through the power of technology, we are bringing you this show. I'm so excited uh, for our guest today that we'll be getting to in just a moment. You guys are in for a real treat. It's been a busy few weeks, right? I've, I uh, had a couple of replays in there, was, was blessed enough to go uh, see uh, some dear friends of mine get married last week, um, and it was just a phenomenal time. In fact, uh, there's a picture on my Facebook that we call the council. makes me look straight up like the godfather uh, in an incredible picture, but I uh, had a phenomenal time at, at Daryl and Monica Rivers' wedding, um, but we are back to business now. So let's get to our guest for the day. Um, this person is, is near and dear to my heart. Um, we, we've actually had her husband on the line before, um, and just another one of, of that John Maxwell team family that uh, we love so much. She is the founder of Discover Next Step and is an author, executive coach, and leadership trainer. She works with purpose-driven individuals and organizations where she guides them to live and lead boldly, and she will create, help you create a greater impact on those that they serve. So you can learn a tremendous amount about that at discovernextstep.com. But let's bring in the founder, Barbara Gustafson. Barbara, how are you? I am doing great, Rick. I am so excited to be here. Right. And we've got a lot of our John Maxwell team members on the line that are listening and ready and written for us. And then, um, you know, a lot of times for me, it, it, I generally get to see him twice a year and, and uh, through leadership. Uh, a couple of weeks ago in the wedding, um, I, I've got that IMC juice. You know, I'm talking about that 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 passion that comes right after IMC. I know, and it is so fun uh, to attend these things. It doesn't ever seem like there's enough time, though. If you're like me, uh, there's you know we we definitely socialize, but there's a lot of learning. Uh, but then we have to jump right into our crazy lives again. So the more of it, the better. I totally agree. Couldn't agree more with that. So you just brought a book out, correct? I did. Uh, right now it's available in pre-order. Uh, next week it'll uh, be available to order. But yes, uh, I would say a more than a three-year project. I started writing three years ago, but I started journaling about five years ago. And about a um, couple years in, I realized, wow, there are some connections here. So I just kept building on those. And so you say it's coming out next week. Go ahead and tell the audience yeah. the, the title of the book. Yeah, so the title is Permission to be Bold, uh, A Guide to Loving Yourself, Living Fully, and Leaving Your Mark on the World. Wow, that's quite a title. And we're, we're actually going to be diving into some of that material as we talk, correct? Can't wait. Yes, we are. So, I mean, obviously you have a lot of passion for this this topic. So why are you so personally passionate, though, about this topic? Yeah, so at, from a, an early age, I was one of those very quiet, uh, shy, fearful child. Um, and I always hid behind people, sometimes even behind my mom, my teacher, even physically hid just because I didn't like to be seen. Uh, strangely enough, I felt a calling to step out and live boldly. I wish I could say I did that. 
but for, I would say several decades, I ran, I did not want to be bold or, or take these steps in my life. It was anything but comfortable. Un, you know, I just was very fearful of um, just being seen. It, it's hard to describe. Um, but when I finally, um, it was around when my mother died and I looked at her life uh, and how she had made such a difference um, just from some of the challenges that she went through. And I described a little bit of that in my book, but I really wanted to make my life count. Um, but I had a lot of catching up to do. So I just started taking steps. Um, some of them were a little bit too big uh, just because I wasn't used to taking bold steps and actually created resistance. And I became more fearful in some ways, just because I, I just hadn't really laid that groundwork of some of that internal growing. And so when you say you give yourself permission, um, I mean, how does that keep people from, from living boldly? Yeah. And, and so the, the area of permission, that's something that I've struggled with for so many years. Like here are these opportunities in front of me and I would start to take steps, but then I would just come to, you know, a halt or I would hit a brick wall or, you know, it just felt like, I was moving forward, but there was something behind me pulling me back. And that frustrated me, but I was very curious, you know, why is that happening? This is supposed to get easier. Uh, and for me, um, we hear that word living intentionally a lot. It's, it's, a, it's a big buzzword in the leadership area, and it, it can mean so many things. And it's really about, you know, doing deliberate steps. For me, giving myself permission was the very first step of being intentional in my growth. And uh, I was having a, a discussion with a mentor you, you're very familiar with, Paul Martinelli. We were talking about this idea of permission and you know him, he's such a wealth of wisdom. And I was asking, you know, what does permission mean to you? And, you know, he started sharing, um, even from a teaching that he had started compiling and he ended up sharing with me. And, you know, he was, saying, you know, when we're young, um, from the time we're infants and toddlers, we're always asking, you know, for permission. Can I have a cookie? Um, can I go outside and play? And when we get older, you know, can I go to so-and-so's house, you know, and those are meant to be healthy boundaries for us to keep us safe, you know, and our parents to keep an eye on us. <laughs> but when we get older, often we are stuck in that learning model. You know, we're seeking permission and, and what I realized, it's not um, permission for permission's sake. It's much more than a yes or no, but there's this seeking of validation that goes behind it. Because uh, I can remember, you know, teachers, you know, wanting their approval, you know, we needed their permission for certain things. And, and my parents, we wanted their approval. And often we haven't quite left that type of thinking. You know, we're still seeking validation from others and we try to move forward. And when we don't get the encouragement we want, or we, if we hear naysayers or, or judgment, often we interpret that as we're doing something wrong or, you know, we're just not meant to do this. When in fact, we don't need their validation. Uh, we just need to validate ourselves, uh, give ourselves um, permission and allow ourselves to step into who we're created to be. Yeah, and Paul, actually, I, w one of my favorite quotes that he talks about is before you ask somebody's opinion, make sure they can give one. 
Um, and that, that one hit home for me because so often we will go and, and have an idea, have something we want to do, you know, live intentionally in a different way. And we'll go ask or seek advice from somebody who really is not qualified to get it, right? They, they're not in that same space. They're not ready to go out there. So talk about um, how, do you, how do you transfer and get into that self-validation? How do we? Oh, wow. Yeah. So this has been a journey. Honestly, I'll be transparent. I'm still in process. Um, But what I've really found is uh, for me, it was tied to a self-acceptance of myself because I realized by withholding my validation, uh, there was also this big sense of unworthiness. Uh, There was a lot of guilt. There was shame um, tied to some past experiences. So I had a lot of working through to do a lot of healing. Uh, And so a lot of it was coming to this idea and, oh, it felt uncomfortable. This idea of self love. Um, That's, that's a scary place to be uh, often because we're so encouraged to love other people, you know, do everything for everyone else. Um, But we forget, you know, there's an end to that sentence, you know, love others, you know, as we love ourselves. you know, why do we forget that? And that's something that I had never allowed myself to do. Uh, In fact, I kind of took the opposite. And I I was, um, when I got really honest with myself, I was dealing with some self-hatred. And so I had to really come to terms with valuing myself as a human being, uh, recognizing my strengths and that I'm wonderfully created and that we all have unique traits and qualities about it. So it really took a lot of exploring and digging deep. Um, It's very messy, (laughs) but along with it just came some beautiful things. And and what I found was when I loved myself more, I was able to really transfer that onto other people. I wasn't expecting it because at first I thought it was selfish to, you know, love myself. It just felt so weird, but it just had this, you know, fountain effect where there's just this endless wealth of love that we can have for ourselves and others. Well, I think that that's a perfect place to take a break here because what I really want to get into next is when we start talking about the fear that that may create and how people can start to work through those fears. So we're going to do that right on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. In today's hyper-fast, super-competitive business world, on time is now too late. On budget is now too expensive. And today's innovation is tomorrow's antique, which means app releases that used to happen regularly now need to happen continuously, while always delivering experiences that keep your customers coming back for more. In other words, you need to be agile. And there's no better way to get there than with agile management from CA Technologies a complete set of solutions and services that make agility a reality. So you can anticipate and rapidly respond to change and immediately incorporate customer feedback 
build a flexible bridge between ideas and execution, and transform app delivery from an endpoint into an always-on part of your development lifecycle while ensuring an exceptional service experience. So be the one who wins. App after app, day after day, with Agile Management from CA. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. Back on this edition of the Work-Life Balance. So happy to be back with you guys live and have a fantastic guest, Barbara Gustafson, with us as we're talking about how to live and lead uh, boldly. And so we were uh, talking right before break there, Barbara, you were, first of all, we went through the permission side and giving ourselves permission, also making sure that, you know, we, we really kind of give that self-love to ourselves. I, I think it's fantastic. But, you know, a lot of people may hear that. There's there's different fears that come up. Um, certainly, you know, I'll, I'll speak personally. I don't think uh, anybody could really say anything worse than what I tell myself in my head, right, in, in my brain. Um, and so there, there's a lot of fears that kind of come with, wanting to take that step out and being bold. What would you say to, to people like about that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. So one of the first things <laughs> I would say, it is completely normal. Um, and I, it's, everybody has to find their process, but uh, there are times where I, there were certain things I did wish I knew when I was going through it. And, and one of the things, and I'll give a, a an example I um, used to struggle be out, being out in public, just kind of that generalized anxiety. Um, but being in crowds, that was very daunting for me. And I would go out when I would have to, you know, get things for my kids. But when I um, went to my first international um, trading certification, um, there was 650 people there. And, and of course, it's grown since then. But that was like enormous for me. And I remember... The night before the first training, we were invited to someone's house at a, a, an amazing party. She was honoring her mother, who uh, is a cancer survivor. And we were a bunch of us, not 650 of us, but I think there was maybe 150 of us. We were packed in her house um, like a can of sardines. <laughs> and we were told to go around through the pool. And there was people pressing in on me. And we were just kind of being herded like salmon. And I remember just starting to feel really panicky and just terrified. And before I knew it, I just felt like I was going to die. And um, my husband quickly, he was like, whoa, you know, let's get you out of here. So um, he tried to get me to the door. It was just so uh, 
crammed up full of people. But when people saw the look on my face, it was like the Red Sea parted. <laughs> there was just this, you know, they were paving the way for me. And um, so during that time, I had a full blown panic attack and um, I was trying to fight it. I was embarrassed. I was humiliated. And I was thinking, holy cow, you know, these are people I'm meeting for the first time and I'm trying to be bold. And what are they going to think of? Um, but what I realized through that, um, sitting, standing on the lawn, um, I felt a hand on my shoulder and this lady just rubbing my shoulder and in a sweet Alabama accent. And she was saying, just ride the wave, just ride the wave, honey. And um, it was a very dear lady. You probably know her, Chandler. Um, but what she yeah. taught was I didn't have to fight my fear. I could just ride through it. I could get to the other side, but I needed to welcome it, um, even the discomfort of it. And, and I say that is often when we feel uncomfortable, any kind of discomfort, often we think that I'm doing something wrong. I'm not meant to do it. Um, but the thing is, it's normal. It's just a different kind of feeling that we're used to and we're meant to go through it. And that's where we experience the growth, the confidence. Um, but it's challenging if um, someone is frozen in fear sometimes by those steps. Um, but it, it's very rewarding when you allow yourself to take even the smallest step, even if it's a tiny. So, yeah. Go, go ahead. Yeah. Cause what I realized was um, it's not the big grandiose steps um, that really count. They're great and all, but it's really the internal small steps. And, and that's what um, I've realized that my boldness is it's, you know, we have this external and then the, there's the internal bold side of us. That's where the growth and transformation. I don't know if you've experienced that, Rick. Well, and I, and I have, but you, you actually just hit the point that I was going to. So when we're saying live boldly, right, it's not about, you know, every, everybody, uh, you know, jumping out of an airplane or getting up on stage or that kind of stuff, boldly really is just about challenging yourself in a different area or arena. Is that fair? Yes. And bold can be external, you know, um, but without the internal, um, for me personally, the bold is fleeting. You know, I can reach a goal. I can write a book, you know, and on to the next thing, but it's not for me meaningful unless I've allowed that inner growth um, to take you know, to happen. So I think it's really the meeting of the two, you know, the, the, we have the doing, we want to get things done. Um, but it, it's really the being that, um, that's where the growth happens. So we talked about um, a, a couple of things around the fears, but uh, talk about a little bit more uh, about kind of the self-compassion versus self-judgment. Yes. Um, that's another uncomfortable area, uh, just because I, I have a lot of expectations of myself. And part of that's personality. I don't, you're familiar with the DISC model or Myers-Briggs, but uh, I have, I love knowledge. I love getting things right. I love research. Um, and I love helping people too and, and tie those in together. Um, it, it just, I, I absolutely love what I do. Um, but I also have high expectations. And so I can be hard on myself if I don't get something done. Um, so I had to really learn to be kind to myself, you know, and to give myself permission to take a day off or just to have a crappy day, you know, it's okay. Um, and then I can start again tomorrow. So 
for me, that's something that I really learned and to also recognize that when I'm going through something something difficult, just recognizing, you know, this is a little harder for you, you know, give yourself a grace, you know, card once in a while, it truly is okay. So just really recognizing um, where my strengths were, but also maybe where some of my weaknesses were and being compassionate in those areas. And so when we talk about weaknesses, what, what's a great way to, to help discover it? Because a lot of people's weaknesses are definitely blind spots, right? We talk about that often. A lot of people don't even know that they're doing something or that they're, they're rubbing people the wrong way or saying something inappropriate or something of that sort. So how do people help uh, find those weaknesses? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I couldn't see my own blind spots without the help of other people. Um, I had to have a willingness to be open about it. Um, and, and so for me, that's required having several mentors in uh, different areas and be willing to um, tell me the truth in love and also me determining, okay, out of what they told me, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, just because we can get told lots of things um, with good intentions from other people. But in the end, we get the final say of what to do. Um, but without other people being able to really shine a light and ask me questions so I can explore more deeply, that has helped me uncover my strengths, uh, my weaknesses, and just have you know that more of a 360 degree you know view of myself versus just seeing, you know, right here on the surface, uh, what's on face value. So what does the, um, you talk about the journey, right? How do you, how do you enjoy the journey? How do you, how do you start to really have that self-discovery and, and, and utter joy and, 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 um, really going after the, that growth portion when, when that gets so exciting, how, how do you, how do you enjoy that journey? Yeah, so this is one of those things like, you know, we get to define what success means to us or happiness. I feel the same way about bold. You know, you decide what bold means to you, uh, including enjoying the journey. And you probably can't relate to this because I know you're you're very extroverted, fun loving. Um, being a lover of knowledge, I have to remind myself to have fun. I know that sounds crazy, but I can tend to take life a little seriously. And thankfully my husband compliments me wonderfully at that. Um, and so I have to intentionally remind myself to get my nose out of the books um, and have fun. And in fact, I don't think you can see this, but um, I was at a retreat with some wonderful Canadian women and a dear friend and colleague, Patty, a, a few weeks ago. And we picked our word for the year and I was playing around with my word and the word that kept coming up for me was play, like have fun. I'm like, oh, okay, here we go again. I got the message, God. <laughs> and so I have in front of me um, my word on my rock um, to have fun because uh, that's what I wanted to do here on this interview. Uh, so I, the way I did this was I sat down and I created um, what a friend calls, you know, a bliss list, you know, write down all the things that bring you joy that make you happy, even if it's the smallest thing. So the things that make me happy, um, being in nature. I, I just love the sunshine, the water, playing with my dogs, being in my kayak. Oh, that's definitely my happy place. Um, I love learning, so that is fun for me. Um, but to 
realize that that's not a discretionary or frivolous thing to do. Like a lot of people think uh, it's necessary. It is our fuel. Um, and it doesn't have to take a huge chunk out of our day, you know, cause it, I mean, let's face it, we're, a lot of us have deadlines. Um, but what if we were to take five minutes, you know, and, you know, just fill ourselves, you know, with music, you know, dance or something like that. But it's really tying in the balance. Um, we have um, Brene Brown. I don't know if you've read her book, Braving the Wilderness. Uh, she talks about one of her mentors that shares about, you know, with breathing and oxygen, there's an inhale and then there's an exhale. And if you, you know, describe the exhale as the doing part of life, you know, the striving, but we forget to, you know, inhale, you know, our exhale is not going to be as quality. We're not going to be as productive. So something, you know, like enjoying the journey has become so cliche, but it's so necessary. Um, I think as important as oxygen and breathing. Um, and if we don't do it, that's when we notice something's really missing and we start to feel, you know, the effects of chronic stress and fatigue. Yeah, and I, I catch myself in that all the time. It, it, the, you, you say, you know, I, I may not relate because it's I'm fun-loving or extrovert, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But at, at the same time, um, I find that um, I, I get caught in the dream more so than enjoying the journey through. So I think that's great advice and, and something everybody should listen to for sure. Um, we're going to take a break right here, and uh, while we do, though, we want to make sure that you check out Get a Grip on Life. It's a podcast interviewing entrepreneurs, social media influencers, content creators, stand-up comedians, industry leaders, and more. So if you can uh, join host Michael Colligan as he finds out what makes these people tick as everyone tries to get a grip on life. So you can go to getagriponlife.com, check out all their previous episodes, get links to their social media channels, and more and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. With that, we're going to take a quick break right here. You're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Winning in the application economy means executing a business strategy that gets the hottest products and apps out the door and into market faster than ever before. But what happens when hot is suddenly not? Can you instantly pivot and prioritize your plans and investment portfolio to react to the new reality and make sure your strategy is right on target? You will with CA Project and Portfolio Management, the proven solution that enables agile, effective decision-making across your entire investment portfolio. Unlike other tools, CAPPM is designed to work the way you do. Doers are empowered, planners are enabled, helpers are elevated, and customers are engaged. All while you maximize performance and portfolio value. It's little wonder that CAPPM is the industry leader 
with more than 2 million happy users worldwide, not to mention world-class consulting and implementation partners. So why not give CA Project and Portfolio Management a closer look and make everything you've got put you out in front? Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back for our third segment of the Work-Life Balance on this Friday afternoon. We're so excited everybody's along with us. We're talking to Barbara Gustafson. She is the founder uh, of Discover Next Step. And uh, we've been discussing her book and, and talking about giving yourself permission to, to not only live but lead boldly. Um, with that, Barbara, you know, we, we've covered a lot of ground here, and it's been fantastic. And, and I'm so thankful that you were able to join us today on the show. Um, how, how can going through some of these challenges, even some of the challenges you went through, um, you know, how can you do that uh, and make sure not only challenges but also, you know, having living uh, limitations how can you do that to make yourself stronger? Yeah, and, and so one of the things um, we've heard of a gentleman named Nick Vujicic, and if you're not familiar with him, he has no arms and legs and just a phenomenal outlook on life. I mean, here's this man, obviously with some limitations, but he's killing it. I mean, he lives his life as if there's literally no limits. I mean, he drives a car, he plays golf. It, it's just... He does things that, you know, other people have a challenge, you know, challenging time to do. But um, one of the things that he impresses upon uh, me and he shares this in one of his leadership, youth leadership programs is, you know, we can either look at our life and just focus on the challenges or we can find an opportunity. And that sounds so simple, but it really does create a shift in the mind and it doesn't have to be a big shift. But when we take our view off of something else, like um, I I see it as, you know, when we're focused on our challenges, we're seeing the smaller picture. You know, we're so up close. We see, you know, all this crud and we can't see past it or around it. But if we step back and see the bigger picture, we can find some good. We can find some area that is going right or something good in our life. And so being able to... um, shift our thinking just a little bit so that we get a, a little bit different view um, helps us to be able to um, say, okay, you know, this is going on and, and acknowledge it. And here's the next step I can take. I don't have to see the entire picture right now, but here's the next thing 
I can do. And, and this is where if you're not able to see and step back on that bigger picture, um, find someone who can help you. I know when I've been able to reach out to someone, just say, hey, I'm just not seeing it or I'm really, really not feeling it. Can you help me out? Almost every time someone's been able to help me, you know, see a different perspective. And that's when we can really pivot and adjust and take a different path. Yeah, and as John Maxwell says, right, it's not only just about seeing the big picture, but it's also making sure that your picture is getting bigger, Mm. which I've never heard anybody say it that way, but I I loved it. That's a good one. Absolutely. Yeah. And and one of the things, oh, there's this wonderful poem that I um, share in the book, um, Good Timber, and um, you can look it up online too, Um, but it talks about how storms and the wind um, is actually good for the trees and wood. And I got curious because I love information. I, I started looking up to see if that was actually true. And I found an article and um, a study that was done in University of Arizona. They It's called Biosphere 2. You can look it up. But basically what they did is they took several acres and they put it inside a bubble, like a you know makeshift bubble, and they created this ecosystem that was fully sustained. I mean, they grew vegetables. They, I mean, it was, it was like farming and they grew these beautiful, beautiful, beautiful trees. Uh, But what they discovered was uh, the trees matured faster. uh, They grew fast, but they fell over like really quickly. And they couldn't figure out why until they started to realize that it didn't have the, you know, weathering like it did in the real world. It didn't have the wind and the trees and the rain. And what they discovered was when you have, you know, hardship and challenges in in the weather, it creates stress wood and it creates a strength inside the wood. And that was kind of a paradigm shift for me because I realized uh, I hadn't allowed myself to become strong. I had succumbed many times to stress, but had not come out stronger. But if I, you know, determined to think differently and, shift my thinking, I could actually become stronger through this challenge. Well, I, I love the story of the trees. That's fantastic. Um, Yeah. Well, it's such a parable for life, right? Because we, Mm -hmm. we seem to want to avoid those challenges or sometimes avoid those stresses or avoid the things that make us uncomfortable. uh, But then that lets us fall over easier as well. Yes. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I think that's as, as beautiful as it, as it can be. I, I'm actually take, I'm taking it back on that one. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, we mentioned John and John Maxwell, and certainly, you know, we got to, to know each other because of the influence of John Maxwell team. Talk to me about uh, the leadership component of this and, and when we talk about leading boldly and uh, where you want to see that, that leadership go. Yes. So I strongly believe that um, our mess is our message. Um, We have strengths and things that we can offer people, but it's often um, the things that the lessons that we learn that come out of our struggles or um, even challenges with those that we come alongside with, you know, there's a message of that to be shared with other people to encourage them and to lead them. And when we can get clear on our story And when we can um, use that to give back, um, there's many ways that we can give back, you know, with our time and resources. 
but we can also give back to the world with our story uh, to give other people hope and lead them and educate them. I think we take it to a whole new level. We don't keep our growth to ourselves. Um, we can pass it on and share it while we're living and beyond as well. And um, I, that idea of creating a ripple effect that just keeps going because we're able to touch people's lives, but they're also able to take that and touch other people's lives. So we really don't have any idea of the impact that we can have. But if we have that willing heart to do it and to share it and not keep our growth to ourselves, um, it, it just, I'm thrilled just thinking about you know, the transformation that could take place. And, I, you know, it, it starts with, I think, uh, uh, an honesty with yourself and recognizing that, you know, I'm not a complete package at this point. There's so much I've got to learn and grow and do. Um, but that takes, I think, a lot of courage to be able to say. Um, a lot of people will, will become comfortable in what they're doing and they won't challenge themselves to grow um, again, in uncomfortable ways, um, what's some advice you could give them in, in terms of you know, making sure they, they step out of that comfort zone and really start to challenge themselves? Oh, um, a little quirky um, side of me. I share a little story how I used to have this fascination for hermit crabs when I was younger. And I, my idea of just, it was like better than winning the lottery was to watch these crazy little crabs changed their shells, <laughs> but they rarely did it with people watching. So I would hide behind my chair. You know, I would buy the ones that were already too big for their, you know, shells and I would get a bigger shell. Um, but lo and behold, I saw it happen time and time again. And that sounds silly, you know, for back then, but I realized, you know, in my life, you know, I was having a hard time getting out of my own shell, you know, and when I did, I just would scurry, you know, get to get to the next comfort zone. And it requires, you know, getting out of our um, bubble. Um, it requires us to be vulnerable. You know, there's a risk, you know, other people will see us, other people will um, see our mistakes. Um, oh, goodness. Um, being awkward, you know, stepping out of our comfort zone, sometimes it's, it feels very vulnerable. And to share our story with that vulnerability, it takes a lot of courage. Uh, and not everybody may get it, but there'll be some people who, because you were vulnerable, you will help them get out of their comfort zone and help them, you know, step, you know, and out of hiding. Uh, so it, it takes a willingness to be that raw and also, I think it's important, one of the things I do share, it's, it's sometimes healthy to know what a safe and unsafe relationship is. So I'm not a believer that you have to bear all to everyone. I, I think sometimes people may take that a little bit um, too overboard. Uh, so there's a healthy vulnerability and um, with a willingness to you know, realize sometimes you don't want to share everything with everyone. Does that make sense to you? No, it does. And, and you know, as you were saying that, what, what went through my head, I feel like vulnerability is a skill um, that, that is, we're losing touch with in, in a Facebook world, in a Twitter world, where all people really want to do is, is, is show their best life. Right. And so I, I think vulnerability and being vulnerable is a skill that, that we're starting to lose some grips on 
um, just because you know people. They, they, there's actually a condition around Facebook where uh, you know, in, in, in I've met uh, psychologists that say you don't, you shouldn't look at it first thing in the morning and the last thing at night because there, there's a certain amount of jealousy that that begins to uh, to form whether you know it or not based on mm-hmm. on looking at that. So. Um, I, I loved the vulnerability thing, and I loved the hermit crab. Um, I, I can see that. I could. I, I, mean, I actually could feel that as soon as you started to say that, um, because again, I, I think every person has the area where they're not comfortable. They have the area where they need to be vulnerable, um, but they need to flex vulnerability like a muscle, like a skill. Oh, so true, Rick. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and the, one of the things that I found in, um, when I started to really step out of my comfort zone, um, it was uncomfortable for different reasons, not just the fears, but I didn't have your typical bold personality. Here, I'm a, I'm a classic introvert, and writing a book about being bold, um, it, it just didn't, I didn't feel like it fit me, or uh, I had a bold bone in my body at times. Um, but what I realized is, Um, I mentioned earlier, we have to define it for ourselves. Um, But when we discover, you know, we can, you know, define what our bold journey is and when we can walk it um, without apology, um, that's when we really step and we embrace who we are. Yeah, and uh, I guess the word, too, that that comes to mind for me on that is is authenticity in your boldness. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Outstanding. So what we're going to do here is we're going to take our final break for this Friday afternoon. We're going to be right back with Barbara Gustafson, and we will do our final segment right here on the Work-Life Balance. You're listening to Rick Morris. In today's hyper-fast, super-competitive business world, on time is now too late. On budget is now too expensive. And today's innovation is tomorrow's antique, which means app releases that used to happen regularly now need to happen continuously, while always delivering experiences that keep your customers coming back for more. In other words, you need to be agile, and there's no better way to get there than with agile management from CA Technologies, a complete set of solutions and services that make agility a reality so you can anticipate and rapidly respond to change and immediately incorporate customer feedback, build a flexible bridge between ideas and execution, and transform app delivery from an endpoint into an always-on part of your development lifecycle while ensuring an exceptional service experience. So be the one who wins. App after app, day after day, with Agile Management from CA. Winning in the application economy means executing a business strategy that gets the hottest products and apps out the door and into market faster than ever before. But what happens when hot is suddenly not? Can you instantly pivot and prioritize your plans and investment portfolio to react to the new reality and make sure your strategy is right on target? You will with CA Project and Portfolio Management the proven solution that enables agile, effective decision-making across your entire investment portfolio. Unlike other tools, CAPPM is designed to work the way you do. Doers are empowered, planners are enabled, helpers are elevated, and customers are engaged. All while you maximize performance and portfolio value. 
It's little wonder that CAPPM is the industry leader with more than 2 million happy users worldwide, not to mention world-class consulting and implementation partners. So why not give CA project and portfolio management a closer look and make everything you've got put you out in front? When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we are back for our final segment of the Work-Life Balance this Friday afternoon. I do want to remind everybody, I've gotten a lot of emails and, and Facebook messages. Uh, you definitely still want to go check out MickeyMouseClubReunion.com. Uh, we are set to do that in May. And just a shout-out to my other executive producers and production team for pulling all that together. Super uh, happy about that. Um, a lot of exciting announcements coming up. But uh, just announced our, our partnerships uh, with One Pulse and with Give Kids the World as, as the uh, charities that will be benefiting from this event. So check out the website. Come see us in Orlando. It's going to be a fantastic time. Getting back to our guest, Barbara. So, Barbara, um, how do people get in contact with you? Yeah, so you can go to my website, discovernextstep.com. Uh, there's no S at the end of step. Uh, I People get, they talk to me. They ask me why all the time. Is Shouldn't it be steps? I'm like, no. And the reason, in case people are curious, uh, sometimes if I see too many steps, I look ahead and just try to, you know, rush my growth. Um, But I know if I'm intentional and just focus the step I'm on, uh, that's where I'm going to maximize my growth. So it it was really to keep myself um, present in the moment. Um, So it's discovernextstep.com or um, they can reach out to me. Barbara at discovernextstep.com as far as my email. So, yeah. I love that story. Yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't even pick that up until you said it, but I, I love the intentionality of the name. Uh, what, is, um, what is some of the best advice you've ever received? Yeah, so the best advice that I ever received, um, and it was the hardest pieces of advice, and I'm still learning it, is, just be yourself. And my mom gave me that advice many, many times. Um, And it was something that I think she recognized that I struggled with. Uh, So she literally told me almost every day, just be you, just be yourself. Honestly, it was the hardest thing because I didn't know who I was. I didn't know how to be myself. And I had really um, created this safety um, or walls per se to, um, hide behind this quiet, shy, tall, skinny girl. And it was very difficult for me to step out of that. So it's been a lifetime process to learn to be myself. And it's through taking these steps that I share in my book, you know, being willing to be vulnerable, um, being willing to take off my masks. Ooh, that's a tough one because honestly, um, sometimes masks can feel like they're super glued on. It's like you can yank and yank. (laughs) 
some of them just don't fall off that easily. <laughs> and so um, one of my friends, she has this wonderful thing about masks and she kind of gives each mask a persona. But the way I've learned to look at it that she's helped me is not making such a big deal about my mask. You know, there's times where it's going to go up and I can choose to keep it on in that moment or I can take it off. And so it, it's been like what you said um, about vulnerability or authenticity. You know, it's a muscle that you build. And I, I believe that that's a process uh, for a lot of people. Um, so when I hear people say, oh, just be yourself, you know, it, it sounds easy, but it's truly not when it has not been a way of life for you. But that by far has been the best pieces of advice. Yeah, so to be yourself, though, really, it's that awareness as well, right? Creating that awareness of, of who you are. And, and again, it, it all falls in, right? So as we talk about vulnerability, authenticity, uh, being yourself, but you've got to know yourself in order to be happy to be yourself. Is that fair? Oh, absolutely. Um, a question that really helped me because there was a part of me that regretted you know, not being able to be my true self, you know, as a child or, you know, as a teen or young adult. Um, but a question that has helped me is to take the focus off my paths, uh, past and ask myself, who am I becoming? Who am I becoming? And I can make that mm. whatever I want. <laughs> I don't have to go back and try to dig up all this stuff. I can move forward into that thinking and, you know, decide how I want to write that story and, you know, create myself. So it's actually, for me, that's fun to think about. And anyone can do it, even if they've struggled being them, you know, their cells a whole lifetime. Yeah, I, I love that question. Um, because, again, I don't think that it's an intentional question most people ask. I think people become kind of who they are through life pushing them in that direction versus intentionally pulling themselves towards who they want to become. Oh, I so agree. Yes, it, it's, and often it happens um, when we have that wake up call, that turning point. Um, but the good news is we can create that own turning point, you know, without life necessarily happen, happening. It will, but we don't have to wait till a crisis to make these changes. Yeah, I actually wrote that in my book. It, it, I always felt like, you know, in order for people to really start to live their best lives, it came after a diagnosis or it came after a car wreck or someone close to them passing or something of that sort. My question is always, why are we waiting? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, my mom, she's taught me so much in life. Unfortunately, she's not here anymore. Uh, she was a sharecropper in um, Sledge, Mississippi. They had a population of, I think, of a whopping 500 people at the time. Uh, but she literally worked the cotton fields um, from age four till she graduated from high school. And uh, so she came from a life pretty much of poverty. Um, and her mom was a single mom uh, raising 15 children in a little shack. So as you can imagine, you know, there was a lot going on. And, and so there was um, not just poverty, um, physically, but there was a lot of poverty in the mindset of the lack of belief that there was life beyond sharecropping. Um, thankfully, my mom moved beyond that. And even when she was a teen, she knew there was more to life and started living that in her mind before she left home. And thankfully, she left um, some journals for my sister and I. 
And I, I just soak myself into that because uh, she's a true example for me that, you know, we can have this poverty mindset, whether we're, you know, some people who are wealthy can even get sucked into that and hang on to their money. Um, but it, it's more of a state of mind often, not just what's happening around us. Um, but we can change our thinking no matter what circumstances we're in. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And in fact, I think that's, that's where we end up calling this one. Do you, do you have um, uh, any final words you'd like to share with the audience? I just want to encourage, I want to thank everyone for being on this. And I just want to encourage, you know, whatever is nagging you in your heart to do something more, um, that's for a reason for you to explore and have fun and check out and um, just have fun being bold, even if it's small steps. But thank you so much for having me, Rick. Oh, thank you for being a part of this. And uh, again, can't wait to see you and your husband again. Um, and, and we invite anybody listening to this, they, they can come join this incredible team and be a part of, of really some, uh, a movement that's going to change the world. There, there, there's no doubt about it. Oh, we have a lot of fun, don't we? It's, it's the best thing I've ever done in, in, in my life bar being married and having children. Uh, one of the best decisions I ever made was to join this team for sure. Mine too. So with you there. So thank you so much, Barbara. Thank you all for listening to this edition of the Work-Life Balance. Now, next week's going to be a special edition of the show as I'm going to go through kind of my learnings and, and what I uh, reflected on from a Leadership Live uh, conference that we attended uh, with John Maxwell. Rachel Hollis was there. Uh, we had the CEO of Delta there. It was a, a phenomenal event. Um, and so one of my favorite things to do is just kind of take a, a couple of weeks, reflect on that, then share some of my learnings with the audience. That's what we're going to be doing next week, right before we start to get into all the Christmas holidays, all that stuff. So we'll hope you join us next Friday as we go through that. Until then, I hope that you focus on your work and your life balance and make them good. Make them good ones. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.